if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. And for the older eater, let's say your 10-month-old baby comes to the table and right at the outset, they're dropping food on the floor. That's really different than what was happening at six and seven months of age, right? Your 10-month-old baby who now hopefully has the skill set to use that food to help alleviate the feelings of hunger, if they're playing with and dropping food from the beginning of the meal, that's an indicator to me that this child is not hungry, right? And if we don't allow our children the opportunity to experience what I call casual hunger, they're going to be distracted. If they're full of milk or full of snacks at the beginning of the meal, no way they're going to eat that healthful meal that you prepared for them. Now, if the older baby is dropping the food at the end of the meal, okay, that's an indicator that they're full and that is a fullness cue and that's your baby's nonverbal way of telling you that the meal is over and they're ready to move on to the next thing. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hello there and welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about what's probably one of the most obnoxious parts of starting solid foods, and that has to do with your baby dropping food on the floor. And we're going to differentiate between dropping food on the floor, which is what happens with earlier eaters, usually in the first phase of baby led weaning, compared to throwing food on the floor, which is something we see with our older eaters. So once they've kind of gotten the hang of self-feeding a little bit older babies, the behavior is slightly different. But what do we do in both situations? I've got a few tips for you here, but acknowledging right off the bat that, yeah, food is going to end up on the floor but it won't always be like that. So I like to start out 
these mini training episodes with a baby led weaning tip of the day. And my tip of the day is parents will sometimes ask me, okay, when the food drops on the floor, like how often, like how many times are you going to recycle the food back up from the floor? And we're going to talk about using a clean splash mat. So you're not talking about food going on the dirty floor for your baby. And again, this is not steeped in any sort of science. This is purely anecdotal in my own experience with my own children and having worked with many other people's babies at this point as a dietitian specializing in baby led weaning. My suggestion is do it three times. So especially for the earlier eaters, we'll learn today how they're just getting the hang of picking up foods. It's going to fall on the floor. I will pick it up off of the clean splash mat and recycle it back up onto the baby's mat or their plate. I'll do that a total of three times. And then after that, I always think, baby, I don't work for you. I'm going to move on to the next food here. So quick story about using those splash mats. So when my quadruplets were starting solid foods, I swear to gosh, we used every single sort of like catchment material underneath. We had a quadruplet feeding table at that point. So it was kind of big, four babies in there. And like, obviously the mess was already next level. And I was like, how can I help minimize the mess? Because the goal with baby led weaning, you guys, it's not to prevent the mess. When people ask that, I'm like, listen, that's not your goal. That's not your job. Learning how to eat is a full sensory experience. And there is going to be smushing and smashing and touching and sniffing and dropping and throwing of food that is involved as part of the learning how to eat process. But we can do something to minimize the mess. So I remember having like every single splash mat under the sun. For a while, I was using this. I look back at pictures and it, I don't know if I'm like traumatized by it, but I really hated this. My mom's best friend, who's also a dietitian, gave me like all of her old like 1980s Easter decorations. And there was this like really heinous, reusable tablecloth that you like put on a picnic table. And it was like all these brightly colored Easter eggs. And so for a long time, we had like the Easter egg mat underneath the table. But I'm not going to hand wash it after every single meal. So I'd like throw it in the washing machine on occasion. And then obviously after putting the 30 year old, I don't know, maybe that way, 40 year old tablecloth in the washing machine, it kind of started to disintegrate. So I started trying out like every sort of splash mat. There were some super fancy influencers at the time who would sell these like really adorable, like kind of like puzzle pieces, play mats. And their children were always like idyllically playing peacefully with their wooden toys on them on Instagram. And I was like, oh, I'll try one of those. One of them lasted like, I'm not joking, two days. Like it was not designed for like high traffic areas or, or wet food. So that was a disaster. Um, I got a couple from different brands that were just really heavy or really expensive and just not, didn't really do the job. There was a point where I went on Amazon and got restaurant like grade floor mats. Like if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know, they have the kind of the squishy mats like at the different stations and in the kitchen. That was awesome. I used that one for so long that actually I remember when we moved and I removed it, like the wood flooring was different colored because of the sun had come in through the window. And I guess we'd had that one for the longest because it actually like caused a discoloration in the wood floor. But at the end of the day, there was really no solution that like worked perfectly for four babies. When I ended up having twins after that, and I had two trip trap high chairs, which have a very small footprint compared to some other high chairs, I could put two of the trip traps on top of a splash mat from a company called Bapron Baby. So I've been using the Bapron splash mats pretty religiously for about six years at this point. I absolutely love them. They're waterproof material. They fold down really small. You can throw them in the washing machine. I have a black one. I was just looking at it. We used it for a photo shoot. It like came up in Time Hop six years ago. And I'm like, that's still the same black splash mat from Bapron that I use almost every single day in work. I've probably washed it like multiple times a week for over six years. It looks as good 
as the day it was new. And what I like about the Baper and Baby splash mats is again, they fold down super small. So some of these, like one brand sent me one and I think it was like 20 pounds. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this is, I mean, maybe if it's gonna stay in your house forever, but like part of the problem with baby led weaning is like, if you leave the house, how are you gonna minimize the mess? Well, I want a really lightweight splash mat that I can shove into my diaper bag. And if we're at a park, just roll it up really quick with all the crap in it and put it in the diaper bag and then deal with it when I get home. So I can't recommend the Baper and Baby splash mats enough. I am an affiliate for Baper and Baby. I have a discount code KD10. They're also available on the Easy Peasy site. So the code KD10 works at easypeasyfund.com. Sometimes they go on sale on either site, but that code will work on either Baper and Baby's or Easy Peasy site. And one good splash mat, they're a little bit on the pricier side, but as someone who's bought every cheaper alternative and then had to ditch it, I totally suggest just getting one quality splash mat and then maybe an extra one that you keep at like grandma's house or or in your diaper bag if you're out and about. They make great little picnic blankets as well for when your baby gets a little bit bigger if you're eating out and about as well. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So, when my niece was over recently and we were filming a reel about big kid versus smaller babies dropping food on the floor and how you handle it differently. And we were outside and my little niece was helping me and we had a splash mat and she was helping me pick the food up off the floor because we were just watching our her cousin, our niece. And <laughs> my niece steps on the splash mat with her shoes. And I mean, like, I don't always pay attention to details like of that level, especially for social media. And <laughs> so I, her foot on the splash mat got in the reel people went crazy. Like, oh my gosh, that's so disgusting. Her shoe is on the splash. Now, obviously it is disgusting, right? If your shoe or your feet steps on the splash mat and then the food falls on the splash mat and then comes into contact where your feet was like, obviously the goal is to try not to step on the splash mat. But then ever since that moment, I've been like super hypersensitive about trying not to step on the splash mat. I'll find myself like kind of crawling to pick up the food. I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. So try not to get your feet on the splash mat if you can. And at the end of the day, just so you know, the baby turned out to be fine, but I do try to keep feet off of the splash mat for future social media needs. All right, let's get started on why is your baby dropping food? Or if your baby's dropping food, how do you respond? And I wanted to break this episode up into kind of two separate distinct areas. The first one looking at earlier eaters, right? When your baby is in our program, what we call phase one of baby led weaning, which is generally the first eight weeks of learning how to eat solid food, you're probably aware if you've already started that, that there's not much eating involved, right? And that's fine because breast milk or formula will continue to be the baby's primary source of nutrition. 
When an earlier eater is dropping food on the floor, it's because they don't know how to handle the food with their hands yet, right? Our earlier eaters do not have their pincer grasp, right? So they're using their whole hand or their palmer grasp to rake and scoop food out of the suction mats or bowls that you're using. And one of the reasons why we don't put food directly onto the table or onto the tray is because the baby doesn't have a barrier against which they can rake or scoop that food up, right? If you're just using your whole hand and you do not have your pincer grasp, you're going to smash that buckwheat strip or piece of lamb or avocado, and they're going to smash it all around the table, okay? And then they get frustrated because they can't rake or scoop it up. So I use a suction mat or bowl, which helps minimize the mess. And I like the products from the brand Easy Peasy. So they make the original silicone suction mat or bowl. Again, that code KD10 works for 10% off at easypeasyfun.com. And they have different size suction mats and bowls for different stages of feeding. I love the tiny bowl and the mini bowl when you're just starting out. So it has this kind of pliable silicone rim, which it doesn't work perfectly at the beginning, but very quickly your baby gets the hang of how to rake or scoop that food up and out of the bowl, which they're never going to get on their own if you don't give them that barrier against which they can rake or scoop that food up. So for the earlier eaters, when they drop the food on the floor, it's not bad behavior. I've had parents be like, is my baby being bad? Are they being disobedient? And that kind of hurts my heart because we know babies do not have bad behavior. So a while back, I had Tina Payne Bryson on the podcast. She's one of my favorite authors and parenting persons. She wrote the first baby book I ever bought and read and loved, which was called The Whole brain child. But she came on the podcast to talk a little bit about baby behavior and just to explain how what your baby's doing at mealtime is not necessarily a reflection of, quote, if they're good or bad. And she explained about baby behaviors and what we can expect at different ages and stages. So in episode 74, if you're interested in learning more baby behavior at mealtimes, what the science says with Tina Payne Bryson is another good one to listen to, especially if you're getting pressure from other people in your family who's like, the baby's throwing food on the floor. It's like, no, the earlier eater does not yet know how to manipulate the food with their hand and they need lots of practice and experience doing that. And we need to give them time and space to learn how to eat. And there will be this period, and you guys with older babies know this, is that you wake up one day and you're like, wait a minute, there's not as much food on the floor as there was previously. And that's when you're like, ooh, I'm definitely turning the corner here. So for the older eaters, once they've been eating for a while, let's say you have a 10-month-old baby and they come to the table and there's food going all over the place right from the outset of the meal. For an older eater who I know has the skill set to use food to help feelings of hunger go away, if they are distracted and playing with and throwing food from the beginning of the meal, that's telling me that this child is not hungry. And I always talk about the importance of allowing older babies to feel what I call casual hunger meaning we don't want to starve them out at the table. And we definitely don't do this for earlier babies, right? They don't know how to use food to make hunger go away. They need that at least eight-week practice, sometimes even longer than that, before they can be capable in that regard. But for the older babies, they come to the table and they're goofing around right away. It's because they're not hungry. And then we need to take a look at milk and snacks. How much milk is the baby having? How close to the mealtime? And is the baby also being fed snacks? And for especially a lot of our daycare babies, they get proficient at eating. Daycare's like, awesome. This kid can just do whatever they want. Just put snacks in front of them and they're going to be fine. Parents pick the babies up from daycare at 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock. They go right home. Like, wait a minute, why is my kid not eating dinner? Well, it's because they have not been afforded the opportunity to experience that casual hunger. So for older babies dropping food on the floor at the beginning of the meal, take a look at 
milk and snacks and why the child is not feeling hungry. Because a hungry baby who comes to the table who knows how to use food to make hunger go away should be interested in and engaging with that food. Now, if the meal's been going on for 15 or 20 minutes and then the baby starts throwing the food on the floor, that is a fullness cue. You guys know your baby's best and then you know the language that you use to help your babies, you know, decide whether or not the meal is done. You know, food goes in our mouth, baby, not on the floor. If you're all done, the meal can be over. We're all done. I know many of you are interested in using sign language because of course our babies can't tell us verbally when they don't have words yet if they're done. But back in episode 162, I had Mary Smith on talking about how to use sign language to improve mealtime communication. And so she shared some good tips there for both younger babies and older babies in using sign language to help them communicate both their hunger and their fullness cues. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So if you're feeling stressed about the mess, keep in mind that our job is not to prevent the mess, but rather to minimize the mess. Earlier eaters who are dropping food on the floor, it's because they don't yet know what to do with that food or how to handle it, how to manipulate it with their hands and get it into their mouth. But with practice comes progress. Try solid foods one to two times a day when your baby is six to seven months of age. Bump that up to two to three times at eight to nine months of age. And then by 10 months of age, we love to see your baby eating three times a day. For your older eater, if they're dropping food on the floor at the beginning of the meal, my assumption is always that that child is not hungry. So we need to take a look at milk and snacks and determine what we can drop and where in order to afford the child the opportunity for the gift of casual hunger. Okay. It is not the worst thing in the world if your child feels a little bit of hunger. And we have parents out there who their entire goal in life is to make sure their child's never hungry. That's not helpful either because then those children never experience hunger. They're not interested in the food that you're preparing them to eat at mealtime. And then if your older baby is throwing food at the end of the meal, that is likely a fullness cue. If you're feeling stressed about like, ah, I don't know, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing when, one other really good episode to listen to uh, is episode 206. Marsha Dunn-Klein was on. She's a very, very well-known occupational therapist, feeding therapist. She kind of wrote the book on pre-feeding and she's, wonderful, wonderful language about staying in your lane. So it's called Stay in Your Lane, Parent and Baby Roles in Infant Feeding with Marsha Dunn-Klein. And I love that episode anytime I'm feeling like stressed or overwhelmed or what am I doing wrong? She reminds us in episode 206, this is your job and this is the baby's job. And this is where our roles might cross. That's another great episode for you. So hang in there. If your baby is dropping food, please know that it is a part of learning how to eat. It's developmentally appropriate. Now there's certain barriers that we can put around that and guardrails for our children at the different ages and stages. But there is a point where your baby will stop dropping food on the floor because they are so interested and proficient in eating it. And you'll wake up one day and be like, oh my gosh, the mess is not as bad as I thought it would be. So until then, hang in there. Show notes for this episode you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash 358. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Hi, 
friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.